every now and again this happens, but it, it doesn't happen too often. But recently I read something that legitimately changed the way I think of things and changed the way I think of a lot of really psychological problems that I think we see in today's age. And I think to no surprise to any of you, it came from G.K. Chesterton. And so I want to just read you guys this passage and kind of exfoliate it a little bit. He says this, Pessimism is not in being tired of evil but in being tired of good. Despair does not lie in being weary of suffering, but in being weary of joy. It is when, for some reason, the other good things in a society no longer work, that the society begins to decline. When its food does not feed, when its cures do not cure, and when its blessings refuse to bless. When its food does not feed, when its cures refuse to cure, and when its blessings refuse to bless. And yet, how true is this? How often do we get pessimistic about things, not whenever things are, not whenever nothing's going right, but whenever things that are right don't even really cross our radar. We don't even recognize the blessings that we have, the beauty that we have, and it's so true about today's world, especially whenever it comes to social media. Social media is, a, is, is kind of a, a problem for a lot of us because it def- redefines our new normal. It reshapes our thought process and can tend to reshape our minds. And this doesn't just apply to social media. It applies to a lot of the way we, we advertise things and a lot of the way we, we do things and see things and see their value in things. And kind of in my line of work, one of the things that, that a friend of mine pointed out, he's a, he's a psychologist, was that social media is exceptionally dangerous. And one of the things that he pointed out was Instagram. I don't know how many of y'all use Instagram, but a lot of people my generation use it. And one of the points that he makes is that every picture on Instagram is a beautiful picture. Filtered, you know, kissing in front of the Eiffel Tower, going to the Grand Canyon and skydiving off of it or whatever, bungee jumping or rappelling or whatever you do off the Grand Canyon. Just like all these like wild adventures, these things that normal people don't get to do on a normal basis. But whenever we take our phones and just kind of scroll through it and go and just look at it for hours and hours and hours on end, what it can tend to do is reshape and reprogram our brains so we think that's the new normal. That's what people do all the time. They go to France and kiss at the Eiffel Tower. They go to the Grand Canyon and bungee jump off the side. They go and, and, and you know, eat, eat waffles in New York. Like they do like these like things that normal people just don't get to do. And so what ends up thinking is we tend to take that on ourselves. We tend to look at that and compare ourselves to the rest of humanity. And what does that do? It tends to make us look at our lives and see it as a big drag. It tends to make us look at our lives and see it as, as, as something exceptionally boring. It's something with no joy, something with no life, something with no fun. Because we're not doing all these wild, extraordinary things. Instead, we're stuck in this ordinary way of doing things, this ordinary rut. And that ends up causing what exactly G.K. Chesterton was talking about. The idea that despair does not lie in being weary of suffering, but in being weary of joy. Being tired of the good things that we have. Being tired of the blessings of other people. Being tired of all of this stuff. 
And what ends up happening is we tend to fall in on ourselves and not really appreciate the beauty of the ordinary. So here's the question then. What's the answer? How do we shock ourselves into recognizing the joys in our lives? How do we jolt our minds and bodies into adopting a spirit of gratitude? How do we allow this truth to go from our heads to our hearts? An old spiritual director told me whenever I was kind of going through one of these phases or one of these, you know, funks or whatever, he's, you know, God rest his soul, he's since deceased. But he told me to stop thinking about the big things. Stop thinking about all these things that are above you. Stop thinking about all these things that, 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 far, that far exceed your mind. Stop thinking about all this stuff. And instead, get back to the little things. Start thanking God for the simple things. Food, clothing, water, shelter. And what he pointed out is that these little things are what's actually bringing us joy. It's actual real food that's feeding me. It's actual real water that's quenching my thirst. It's actual real, my real little tiny house, townhouse, that's actually giving me a shelter. It's actually these real things that are providing for me the things that I need and not this other fantasy stuff that exists in a whole other, in, in other people's lives. It's in these very small little things that's actually where I get my joy. Basically, what he was pointing out to me is something that I think we all could learn, especially on this beautiful Christmas day. It's that the little things matter. The little things are what bring us happiness. And that's why, dare I say, God himself became a little thing on this Christmas night 2,000 years ago. What's so beautiful about him becoming a little thing is it's exactly what the world needed. Rome, back in the day, was obsessed with philosophy and mythology. But the problem with philosophy and mythology is that philosophy is distant. God, the absolute, God, the almighty, has no relation to us. He's far off in the sky somewhere. The problem with mythology is that none of it's real. It's all fake. But it's not just the Romans who had the problem. It was also Israel. Israel was, was bound by this thing called the law, the Mosaic law which basically meant that God was represented by all these rules and all these, these, these commandments and all this stuff that, you know, d- d- dictating to them what they should eat, how they should dress, and all these other things. And what ended up happening is that it became cold. They saw God as a cold figure high in the sky with no relation to any one of us. And that's why God needed to become man. But not just a man, but a little tiny baby. Because in becoming a baby, in becoming and setting up for us the nativity, what he did was he showed us that he is not fake. He's real. That he's not distant, but he's near. And that he's anything but cold. He's warm. Physically warm, just like a baby. And that's the only way we're ever going to recognize the real near and warmness of God is by sitting and meditating on this unbelievable Christmas day fact that he became one of us. That's how we open our eyes to the little things, not in other people's lives, but in our own lives. By beginning to recognize that we have wonderful friends, that we have good, that we have good families, 
that we have decent jobs. By being recognized that even we might even have friends, that we might even have families, that we might even have jobs. By being recognized all these beautiful things. By recognizing the little things. Now some of you might wonder, alright, how do we do this? How do we really put this into practice? Well, I'm going to give you some advice from Nigeria. Alright, so way across the Atlantic. The Nigerians are notably happy. I've never met a sad Nigerian. They always got these big white smiles, and they're always, they're always putting me to shame with joy. They are awesome. It's so ironic because they live in such a dangerous area. But one of the things I found out, that the key to Nigerians' happiness are in these things called thank you Jesus beads. All right? If you go ask a Nigerian, I don't know if all Nigerians carry this, but certainly a lot of Nigerian sisters carry this. If you go ask them for their thank you Jesus beads, they're going to pull out this giant long rosary looking thing and they're going to teach you how to pray it. And here's how you do it. You can actually do this with your own rosary. And this is what I suggest for you guys. What every Hail Mary is for the Nigerians, and I think for us if we wish to use it, you say, you think of something that God has blessed you with. Real quick, the first thing that comes to your mind. And you say, thank you Jesus. And the next one. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then once you get to the Our Father, you know what you say? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Get deep in there. Let the fact that we have these awesome little things in our lives enrich us. Begin to allow ourselves to wake up this incredible truth that we are blessed, blessed people. It doesn't matter what our paycheck is. It doesn't matter how big or small our house is. It doesn't matter what our family is like. The fact of the matter is that we have those things in general. It's unbelievable. If you want a great example about this, look at the great St. Francis of Assisi. The guy didn't have anything. He didn't even have clothes. And yet you cannot deny that man was a happy man for the simple reason that he recognized the little things in his life. That he recognized God's presence in every created thing. Whether it was a bird or a human being, he noticed it. And that, my dear friends, is what Christmas is all about. It's about opening our eyes to the here and now by recognizing the presence of God right here, right now, in history. Both 2,000 years ago, whenever he became a little baby... A little thing. And in a few minutes, whenever he's going to become another little thing in the Eucharist. Because that's one of the great reasons why God became a little thing. To remind us of this unbelievable fact. This one fact that I think if we all cling to, we're going to walk away a lot happier. He reminds us that the keys to joy, the keys to happiness, do not lie in fantasy. They don't lie in somebody else's life. They don't lie in some other idea. They don't lie in philosophy. They don't lie in mythology. They don't lie in the law. No, the keys to happiness lie in one thing, and that is reality. Amen.